The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Christ Universal Temple, or CUT as we like to call it, was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman in 1956 as a ministry designed to teach all people who are willing to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. Check us out when you're in the area or online at www.cutemple.org for our Sunday morning service, which is live streamed every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. Check us out. I think you'll like us. Also, if you're in Chicago, make sure you stop by for Wednesday evening service. We call it Bible 365. It starts at 7 p.m. Uh, for the month of September, I've been teaching It Works If You Work It, the Jubilee edition by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple. And we've been covering uh, many points, and today we'll continue to do that, and next week we'll do it also. We'll wrap it up. Uh, basically, what I do want to get across to you is that Reverend Coleman has a very strong direct teaching style and I wanted to expose some people who weren't aware of her. They can also go on and click on our website to find some old videos of her under the multimedia section if you want to see or hear more of her, hear her own voice, see what she looked like, et cetera, et cetera. But the main point is the teaching style, teaching principles of truth in a direct, practical way so people can use it to transform their own experiences. So I want to make sure that we go in on this. Today I'll be teaching the keys to your prosperity, which is uh, begins on page 70 of the Jubilee edition. If you have the old five separate books, this will be book three, but it will still be under the keys to your prosperity. The first step is believe. She states, what are you to believe? You are to believe that this universe is filled with divine substance, God's substance. Everything that is made was made out of this substance, which is the body of God. Substance means that it stands under 
everything. So the, one of the first things that she starts off is by teaching and drilling down on this concept that metaphysicians or new thought students or spiritual teachers, they use different language across the board, that that the divine essence that stands under all visible and invisible manifestation is the substance of God. Now, people call it different things, divine energy some, and and. The, the book of Hebrews, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's talking about a reality that goes beyond what we call physical reality or physical facts or existence. What stands behind all of this? You know, the scientists are looking for this thing they call the God particle. I believe they believe they uh, discovered it or believe they've discovered it now by, you know, breaking subatomic you know, uh, points, you know, quarks and all of that stuff up to the point to where they realize that it's a divine energy that stands behind all things and everything is connected. Well, this is the same substance that all of these new thought people have been talking about for years and what spiritual teachers have been talking about for years or in the Bible when Jesus multiplies the fishes on the loaves or in the in the Hebrew uh, Bible. Bible, the Old Testament, we call it manna from heaven. The point of it is God will provide. She goes on to say, she says, it takes the form of your thoughts, whether they be of lack and limitation or infinite substance. Your thought becomes the mold for this formless substance and your thought can transform it into visible wealth. So she's saying is your thought actually molds and shapes this infinite formless substance this all possibility from come from from no thing into something our thought is the mold for that she used to teach in her lessons that uh the mind is like a cookie cutter and god's substance is like a great big piece of dough and that the mind impresses upon the dough like we impress the cookie cutter upon the dough or the substance and just like the if we put a christmas tree or or elephant or you know or you know whatever it is a star into the dough we'll have cookies that are stars and christmas trees and and elephants well our thinking impresses upon the infinite mind mind substance that we call god it impresses upon the substance of god and because our thought molds and shapes it life starts to attract create and beget experiences that are consistent with our thinking so it's very important that we think a certain way because when we're thinking we're forming when we're thinking we're shaping when we're thinking we are creating our own experience so this is highly important. So she says, still on page 70, say to yourself, I believe that the presence of God in me is the source of all my good. I believe that the presence of God in me is the source of all my good. Then she says the second step is choose. And she starts off with choose, quoting the scripture, choose this day from Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve. She says, and whatever you choose, you will become. She says, say to yourself, all that I choose to do, I can do. All that I choose to see, I can have. Whatever you give your attention to, God creates through you. What are you seeing in your life, in your world, and in your affairs? God is waiting for you to choose what you want. I make sure that the universe does not get me wrong. 
I tell it exactly what I want and what I am waiting for. And I do not have the patience to wait. I am ready now. So Reverend Coleman yet again is saying, I think we believe we still have to make a choice. So it's very important for us to realize that we choose. And when we don't choose, that is also a choice. No decision is a decision. So choose what you want. Don't choose what you don't want. Some people can tell you very strongly what they don't like and what they don't want. But when you start asking them what they do want and what they do like and what they do desire, you get a lot of different answers. I used to joke jokingly say to students in class, if Jesus rematerialized and sat next to you right now and said, you have uh, 10 seconds to tell me what you really want out of life, could you really say it? Or what your dream is. If, if the power to manifest that instantly actually showed up. What would you say? And a lot of people really had to ponder that. Because we really don't think that it's possible. We might have a dream. But it's, it's so dusty. We can't necessarily put it in a sentence. Um, uh, Dr. Chan. Uh, Dr. Samuel Chan. Who's a friend of. Reverend Coleman's used to say to us all the time, he's a leadership expert. If you can't put your vision or your mission on, on a t-shirt, it's too big. It's too long. And I don't mean too big in the sense of big bigness of the dream, meaning it's too long in the sense of if it takes too many words to say it, then you don't know really what you're saying. It's too focused. It's not focused enough. So you should be able to say succinctly within a sentence, this is what you want to do. This is who you want to be. This is how you want to live. All right. Third point, have confidence. She says the word confidence means assurance, trust. And then she said, she quotes Job, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established upon thee. Job twenty two twenty eight. She goes on to say, these are powerful words. Have confidence in them and be careful. This means that if you can't say something positive, keep your mouth shut. Because the thing will become established unto you whether it is positive or negative. Whatever you decree, you establish for yourself. When you walk around decreeing lacking limitation, whatever you say goes. This is just re-emphasizing what is taught in the Bible, that the power of life and death is, is in the tongue. We have to be careful of how we use this thing called language. How we use this thing called words because it's literally shaping our own lives, but it also affects others. Because how we use language with others helps build their confidence up and depending on their level of consciousness can tear it down. Especially when we're dealing with children. And many times we're very loose with how we use our words. And because we don't have confidence and trust in what we're doing, we we use our words to belittle others. She goes on to say, under the same point on page 72. Say to yourself, I have confidence in God that he will see me through. I trust him. She goes on to say, we can be confident even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of what we call death. This means when you are having rough experiences, you can have confidence and trust that God that excuse me, and trust in God that he will bring you through. Confidence is what you need. I don't care what you where you are at this particular time. I don't care how it is appearing. I don't care what your pocketbook looks like or your bank account or if you haven't got the bills paid yet. With confidence in God, it will come to you from expected ways and it will come from unexpected ways. So what she's saying is, see, 
what she's doing is building steps to a consciousness that can that has one is open to ideas of prosperity and wealth, open to opportunities, and will draw unto us situations, experiences, and people that will help us do what we need to do. So that's really important. So part of having the confidence is, yeah, you might be walking through some rough, rough patches right now. Don't lose confidence and trust in God to see you through. But it also means you got to be open and receptive. Being confident matters. Uh, the the Christian mystic Neville uh, is famous for a quote, or one of the quotes is, man's faith in God is measured by his confidence in himself. Man's faith in God is measured by his confidence in himself. Moving along. Fourth step is expect. She says, you get what you expect. What are you expecting? Expect abundance. Expect to succeed. I am expecting a whole lot. She goes on to say, say to yourself, I can be all I expect. I am the best because God created, maintains, empowers, and sustains me always. What is she doing? Again, building the consciousness. I can be all I expect. Why? Because expectation is a form of prayer. If you pray one thing and you expect another, you've actually short-circuited the prayer. Because you're going to get what you really believe. All right. She goes on to say, start by expecting the best by knowing that consciousness is the only reality. Another word for consciousness is awareness. Your awareness is the only reality. She moves on to say, what are you seeing? Where are you directing your faith? The pictures that you hold in your mind are making the things that will manifest in your life, world, and affairs. She moves on and says, Work on building the awareness that you deserve nothing but the best and expect to receive it. See yourself as having already succeeded even before you start. Hold on to images that make you feel confident and competent. Now think about that. Confident and competent. That's important because as you're confident, excuse me, what that allows you to do is function from another level because when you're confident, that's magnetic, that's attractive, and people pick up on it. People also pick up on when you're not so confident and not so together. Her next point is eliminate fear. She says, quotes the scripture from Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not. For I am with thee. Stop being afraid, she says. If you have confidence in God, is there any room or reason to be afraid of anything at any time? The question is no. No, it is not. So we can't be afraid. She says fear will cause the thing to come upon you. Fear of poverty will only bring you poverty. The Father will rain manna down from the sky for you. The God of heaven will make us prosper. So do not be afraid. So it's important for us to realize as we're working with this concept of not being afraid that part of building the consciousness is to eliminate the fear that gets in the way. Because when we allow the fear to get in the way, it paralyzes our thinking process and She says on page 74, the reason that you cannot demonstrate is because you are afraid. Mm. 
So if we're having some demonstration issues, we might want to look at why or what we are afraid of. Why are we afraid? What are we afraid of first and why are we afraid of it? And then we need to start speaking the word to ourselves. Speaking the word to ourselves. Speaking the word to ourselves. The sixth step is give. She says, what do you have to give? Everybody has something. You can give your time. You can give your wisdom, your skill, your labor, and you can give your money. She quotes a man named John Bunyan who said there was a man and they called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Think about that. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. She says, we think we're supposed to receive first, but you can't receive until you give. That's what the law says. Find somebody to give something to. It doesn't have to be a million dollars. Give it. Give whatever it is you want to give. Give love to somebody. Give a little smile to somebody. But make sure that you give. Say to yourself, my giving is sowing. I reap a thousandfold harvest. Thank you, God. Then she talks about tithing. She says, I give to God first. I tithe. Why do I do it first? I'm giving back to God what is his because it doesn't really belong to me. One tenth of my money substance belongs to God because that is the law. I give the tenth first and then because I'm a tither plus, I give more than one tenth. I give to God and I give to others as he directs me. Now, one of the points of that is she was a big believer in teaching the power of tithing to prosper. But the reason why she did that was because she worked it in her own lives and her own life and she was able to build an organization that even she would even give and tithe to organizations, take a tithe out of what we received to help other uh, churches grow and evolve. She was so firm in this belief in giving and keeping everything in circulation. So for her, the tithe was the seed, the seed, the seed. That's why she says, my giving is sowing. I reap a thousandfold harvest. Thank you, God, because she knew the law when she knows the law. Now, just a reminder before we take our break that if you do want to call in, you can call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. As I just talked about giving, let me remind you that this station is supported by your free will offerings. Therefore, as you have freely received, please freely give. Realize that, you know, we're trying to get this message out to the world because we believe that it can make a difference in people's lives and transform this world into a place that works for everyone, where peace, love and tolerance uh, across the board is understood and accepted and practiced. So please make sure that you support this station with your free will giving we'll be right back with truth transforms our goal at unity online radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience to help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world We ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. 
wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin, on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it. That you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more tan. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Today, I am teaching from It Works If You Work It by Johnny Coleman, the Jubilee edition, and I'm teaching her 15 points or 15 keys to prosperity in the Jubilee edition. It starts at page 70. Uh, so let's pick up where we left off at which is page 76, and it's the seventh point, receive. She says, after you give, then prepare to receive, receive, receive. Open your mind to good only, because you are what you feed your mind, receive. Now, this this couple of sentences has a couple of key points. She says, after you give, prepare. See, many times we give, we give in life, we support other people, et cetera, but we never get to the point where we prepare to receive. See, because that's also a part of the universal law. If the universal law to receive is to give, then we also must prepare to receive. So ask yourself, are you preparing to receive the good that you desire? How do you prepare for that? Well, that depends on what it is that you're you're seeking to get. For instance, one of my uh, primary uh, teachers, the Reverend Evelyn Boyd um, at Christ Universal Temple, um, 
used to always tell us in class, well, if you want a new wardrobe, she said if Sears Roebuck and Company pulled up a truck and had nothing but new clothes and new furniture and new everything else, would they have room for it to put it in or would you still have all your old stuff there? So what was she saying? She was saying that, you know, get rid of the old clothes. If you want some new furniture, get rid of the old stuff. In other words, are you preparing? You work the law now. Are you preparing to receive? To have a closet full of stuff that you don't want, is tell, there's no room to put that stuff in. So either you need to get a place that has a bigger closet so you can add on to what you have or get rid of the stuff that you no longer want, no longer need, that could benefit and help somebody else. That, that way you're working the law again. You're giving it. You're giving, and you're expecting to receive the newness of God showing up as the, as the new nice fly gear. I said fly. That's an old school word uh, that you desire. So you create the space for what you want. Then she says, Reverend Coleman says in here, open your mind to good only because you are what you feed your mind. Now, when I was a kid, they used to have this commercial they used to play on ABC when they used to play cartoons on Saturday morning. Um, and it used to be a little commercial that would say you are what you eat from your head down to your feet, and it would go on and on and explain. But even a more important uh, uh, thing we need to understand is we are what we think. We are what we think, and we can't have a life that's inconsistent with what we think. We can't have a life with a, uh, with a that's inconsistent with what we believe. We can't have a life that's inconsistent with, with what we feel. We cannot have a life that's inconsistent with what we say. Because all those things will drive what we do. And those, all those other things will drive how we react. And respond to life. So open your mind to good only because you are what you feed your mind. Now think about it. I am what I feed my mind. What am I feeding my mind? When we start wondering why sometimes kids act the way they act. What are they feeding their minds? But more importantly, we feed our kids based upon how we act, what we say, and what we do. So what we feed our minds, we pass pass down through our own behavior and through our own language to our children. Anyway, moving on. She says that, have you thought about the preparation this called for? She taught a biblical story about digging ditches to prepare for the rain that's in the Bible. She says, are you prepared for the billions of dollars that are on their way to you because of the work you are doing on your prosperity consciousness? She says, if you have not prepared, make sure you start preparing today. Because if you don't dig some ditches, you won't have any place to put all the good that is on the way to you. But she goes on to say, you cannot be a part of this prosperity consciousness and not receive. Then she says something I think is very powerful. She gives an affirmation. She says, I claim a prosperity miracle now, and I receive it. I claim a prosperity miracle now, and I receive it. That's something to work with. Eighth point. She says, feel worthy. She says, Somewhere deep down in the corners of your mind, you do not feel worthy of these billions of dollars that I'm telling you about that are just waiting for you to claim them. Feel worthy because you are entitled to wealth. Remember that prosperity does not come from outside of you. It comes from within you and flows outwards. Then she says, don't get it mixed up. By right of consciousness, you draw to yourself whatever you have in your life, not from any person, but by virtue of your own awareness. You are worthy of it. Or you will not have it come to you. So get the idea. 
that you are worthy. You are not worthy, rather, out of your mind. And I love this. See, what she what she's saying is many times we'll work hard, we'll do things, we'll sacrifice. And then we won't feel worthy that we desire the best. When you don't feel worthy, there's always somebody that's willing to show up to validate that belief. You know, I tell people in my classes here in the Johnny Coleman Institute that to have a victim, you have to have a victimizer. So the moment you play the victim, somebody has to show up to validate that. The moment you feel unworthy, somebody has to show up to show you why you're not worthy. So they'll treat you like you're not worthy. So be clear on what you're doing and why you're doing it. She goes on to say, and give this affirmation on page 78. I am worthy of receiving prosperity. If you have some worthiness issues, that's an excellent affirmation to use. I am worthy of receiving prosperity. Ninth point, express creativity. She says, you can open up new avenues of income for yourself because you are unique and unrepeatable and individualized miracle of God. I'm talking about creativity. Creativity will generate revenue when you keep working at it. So in other words, part of being prosperous is realizing that you're a creative being. It's really important to realize that you're not limited to what you've done because you have unlimited possibility within you. You have infinite potentiality within you. And with God, all things are possible. So she says there's a very unique way that God is waiting to express through you. There's something you do that only you can do in the way you do it. Get in touch with yourself. What do you like to do? What do you do best? What service can you offer? There are more perfect ideas existing in the mind of God than you can count. Get in touch with God and see what he has to say to you. Pray, meditate, listen to him, then do what he says. Now, this is key because she's giving some steps here. She's saying, one, the prospering ideas are already in the mind of God. She's telling us to get in touch and to see what God has to say or communicate to us. How do you do that? She says, pray, meditate, listen, then do. Pray, meditate, listen, then do. Now, why does she say listen instead of hear? Because when you listen, you're actually paying attention. You can hear something you're not paying attention to. So it's necessary to pray, meditate, Listen, pay attention to what's coming, what spirit is uttering to you in one way through your thoughts, through your intuitive feelings. Sometimes you might hear a voice. I don't know what you how spirit works in you. Then she says, do. In other words, be obedient. Okay. She says, God has an idea that is just right for you. God has an idea that is just right for you. All right, moving on. Tenth point, she says, start where you are with what you have. Tenth point is start where you are with what you have. So she says, all the universe can do is fill your container with whatever you bring to be filled. In other words, she's talking about the story about the widow uh, who, who went to the prophet and in the Old Testament and 
he said, what do you have in your house? Because her sons were about to be sold into slavery. And she said, I'll have a small jar of oil. And he says, get as many pots as you can, containers as you can. And as long as you pour, have containers rather, the oil will not cease. So in other words, as long as she had containers, that oil would always flow. Her generations of family members should still be pouring oil. She should have never ran out of containers. They should have been making containers. The point of it is this. The container is your expectation. So when she says God, God is not going to question you about why you only brought a teaspoon. God does not care what you bring. All he is going to do is fill it up. So the infinite substance of God can fill up whatever you bring to it as far as expectation is concerned. But your expectation is the container. Your consciousness is the container. So just like if you went to the lake, like Lake Michigan is next to Chicago, a very large lake, one of the larger lakes in the United States, one of the great lakes of the world, matter of fact. I could go to Lake Michigan with a thimble, a teaspoon, a cup, a bucket, or a pipeline, and Lake Michigan will fill it. I can go to God with my little expectation, or I could go to God with my big dream and my large expectations, and God can fill those too. Why? Because God isn't limited. We're limited in expression by our thoughts. All right. She gives an affirmation. She says, right now, where I am, I have all I need to succeed in life. Right now, right where I am, I have all I need to succeed in life. And she goes on to say, start with what you have right where you are. Whatever talent, whatever gifts, whatever ideas. I've told people before, they wanted to become, uh, start on a different career path, learn some new skill, or follow a dream. I said, what can you do now? If there's nothing other than I'm going to go to the library, I'm going to rent three books on the subject, and I'm going to read a, these three books in a month. And then from there, I'm going to call and communicate with some people who are doing what I'm doing ask them can you know we go on lunch or would they be okay with me taking 15 minutes just to ask them a few questions do something do something so because that's your container again 11th point use what you have which is really works in alignment with start where you are and look lo and behold she says many of us were not taught to use our nice things some clothes were made just for Sunday for going to church. When you finished wearing them on Sunday, you came back, hung them up, and kept them, on, kept them until the next special day. So she says, clean out those closets of all those too small, out-of-fashion clothes that you don't wear anymore. Make room for some new manner. Lo and behold, yet again, I said this earlier, expand your thinking. Expand your feeling. She goes on to say, do what God tells you to do and let people talk if they want to. Don't let public opinion govern your life. What do you have? Do you know that right where you are, you have creativity, imagination, you have intuition, and you have, you have a reservoir of love and understanding, starting where you are. She says, most of us don't use our nice china or good linen until company comes. Nobody is more special than you are. You want to be smelling good, looking good, and feeling good any day that you want to. Compliment yourself. 
walk up and down in front of your mirror and see how good you look. Say to yourself, I am worthy of nothing but the best in all aspects of my life. And that means whatever you're doing, wherever you wherever you are doing it, even if there's nobody there but you. And then she gives a very strong principle because this this next sentence says it all. She says, use equals increase. Ah, use equals increase. See, we try to withhold to try to maintain. But she says use equals increase. You want love, you got to you you got to express love. You want peace, you have to express peace. You have to use the attribute to get more of it. It doesn't make a difference what it is. You have to use use equals increase. And we're in football season now. The quarterback just doesn't, you know, after being out of season for all that time, they have you know, many camps. They have a training camp. All of those things is to get the arm the strength necessary to throw the football the way it needs to be thrown. Use equals increase. The more they do it, the stronger and more accurate they become. The more you use your spiritual attributes, the more consistent and and, and focused they are, the more preferred demonstrations you will have. All right? She says, God gave you gifts to be used. Try and see. The more you use them, the more they increase, the more you will have to use, and the more you will prosper. Then she goes on to say, open your mind. She says, open your minds and know, open your mind is 12. Open your minds and know that creation is working in and through you. This mind, capital M, acting upon mind, small m, meaning God mind acting on individual consciousness. Life acting upon life. The moment that you accept this, you will begin to receive an abundance of God's good. In other words, I have to accept that God works through me. Mm. She goes on to say, I will say this again. Your good is not always come from the people that you expect. We keep those chalk marks around us because we expect that the people we have been good to will be good to us. Isn't that the truth? When people don't help us in the way we think that they should, even though we've been there for them, we think that they owe us. No, they don't. We have to be open and receptive to the understanding as we give to the law, I mean, to the universe, the universe blesses us to whatever avenue is open and receptive to do so. That might not always be the people that you know. You know, I remember hearing uh, my friend Les Brown say, the motivator, say that 95% of the people that will help you succeed, you don't know right now. And why? Because other people have a mindset of who you used to be and what you where you've been and what you've done. So you need a fresh to be deal with people from the now you, not from the former you. So Reverend Coleman gives an, uh, a statement. Where she says, expand your thinking to include people you never considered talking to before. You'll be surprised at the channels of love God has provided. She says, say to yourself, I open my mind to new people and new experiences. She moves on to say, open your minds. Don't limit God. Be open, ready, and receptive to let his good through you. And remember this. You can pray for prosperity all you want, but if your mind is open to poverty, you will never prosper. Get rid of any thought of poverty, want, or need. So yet again, he's talking about opening your mind to the good that's already there, opening your mind to however prosperity shows up in your experience. Not necessarily from the way you thought it was going to come, but you can't limit God's channels of expression. Just be open and receptive to the good. That's what counts. 
yet again, the station is is supported by your free will offering. So let me remind you yet again, as you freely receive, please freely give to your love donation. I believe it's a donate button or give button on the website. Please make sure that you utilize and use that function. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, Trusted king when earthly governments fail. All-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. So we're wrapping up today, uh, teaching It Works If You Work It by... The Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the Jubilee Edition. I'm teaching her 15 keys. She calls it the keys to your prosperity. If you have the Jubilee Edition, I'm on page 83 on the 13th point. She says, say to yourself, all that I have, I get from God. I'll repeat it. All that I have, I get from God. She goes on to say, Johnny Coleman is so independent because I know that God is my supply and all my desires will flow through me into manifest form. Prosperity does not depend upon others. 
God is the source of my supply. I am created out of the rich substance of God and because I know who I am and whose I am, I can be independent. Now, this isn't mere talk. Reverend Coleman was probably the most independent person I've ever met in my life. Uh, she did what she wanted to do when she, she's still alive, by the way. So I'm speaking past tense of her being active in ministry. Did what she wanted to do when she wanted to do it, as long as she wanted to do it, do it and didn't care. I mean, and that didn't care from the standpoint of don't care about people. And when she believed that God was, was seeking to express in a certain way through her, she didn't care who was against it. And it worked out for her consistently because she knew how to follow spirit. But more importantly, she didn't allow naysayers to stop her. I mean, I mean when I first came to the church, I was almost shocked because she she made a statement that I know I had never heard in any church before. And I grew up around church when she said, if you don't agree with what we're doing at CUT, um, you can leave and go somewhere else. And God will bring 10 more people to fill up your seat. I thought that was awesome. I, at first, I couldn't believe it, but I thought it was so awesome to be able to tell a person, if you don't like what we're doing here and you're trying to change what, what we do and make it like your old church, she tell you, go back to your old church. Because we follow the agenda of how God is seeking to express as this individual church through the leader. And she would not back down on it. So, she really believed in the independence. In other words, she wasn't scared that, okay, this person's going to leave and take their offerings and whatever because she believed in the integrity uh, of ministry and she believed that God was a source of her supply and believes that God is a source of her supply to this day. So moving right along, she goes on to say on page 84, like it or not, I declare Independence Day in my mind and in my soul very often. People may be channels, but they're not the source. As channels, people may get hurt, feelings, get insulted, leave, take their money, substance, and their ties with them. See, she's saying it yet again. But they're only channels. Not only would they be replaced by other channels, but if they're not, <laughs> I won't even get into that. Anyway, moving along. What she's saying is don't get caught up on the channel or the expression that God or the conduit that God is using for your prosperity right now, whether that's the job, whether that's somebody, a person whether that's anything, realize that God is the source. All that I get, I get from God, whether that shows up as Social Security, as a check from the employee, as your business, as your apartment, as, um, or, or from a spouse or from your child. The only channels, God and God alone is the source. All that I have, I get from God. She goes on to say, you must not let anything or anybody make you a slave or keep you in bondage. In other words, because they're giving you something you feel as though you're they're entitled to treat you a certain way. No. Claim your independence. She says, you have a rich father who says, you are my image. You are just like me. Therefore, stand on your own big spiritual feet and declare your independence. That was one of Reverend Coleman's favorite statements. She would always say, stand up on your own two big spiritual feet. In other words, stop waiting for somebody else to do it. Stand up for yourself. Now, a person can assist you, but how can they assist you if you're unwilling to stand up yourself? All right. So, you know, and if you want to help somebody else in life, always remember, it's easier to pull somebody out of the hole than it is to push them out. You get out first. Okay. Reverend Ike used to have a statement that <laughs> uh, was kind of misunderstood, but get the gist of what he's saying. 
He used to say, the best way to help poor people is not to be one of them. Now, people would take that statement and run with it. What he's saying is the best way to help anybody else is to get yourself in a position to help them. That's all that means. Fourteenth point. Do not compete. The fourteenth point is do not compete. She says, when you know your heritage, who you are, who your father, mother is, you will understand that there is no one and nothing to compete against. Say to yourself, I'm one with God. I'm one with all men. I'm one with all life. One that erases any thought of competition. Now, why is that important? Because you're not competing with anybody. You are a unique, individualized expression of God. You don't have to compete with anybody. Okay. You know, using a sports analogy, Dennis Rodman's job with the Chicago Bulls was to grab rebounds and play the defense. His, Michael George's job was to score the 35 points a game. Scottie Pippen's job was to control and run the offense, dribble the ball up court, stick the main uh, offensive player on the other team, et cetera, and play his all-around game. See, but if Scottie Pippen was down there trying to rebound with Shaq, and Dennis Rodman was trying to dribble the ball up the court and shoot three-pointers, everything would have been out of alignment. You don't have to compete with anybody else. Just do you. That's what counts. She goes on to say, you don't have to compete with anybody because everybody has something unique and different to contribute. Just be yourself. Again, you are a unique, unrepeated, an individualized miracle. So why would you try to compete with anybody for anything? Why? Because they can't be you and you can't be them. Point blank. You can't be anybody else. You can try to dress like them, talk like them. You know, now these days, unfortunately, people are having plastic surgery to look like somebody else. But you can make yourself look like Michael Jackson. You can't sing and dance like Michael Jackson. And you don't have the consciousness of Michael Jackson, more importantly, because he drew that to himself. So, so it's not the outer package. I used to work in grocery, and one of the things that we knew is many of the same items that were in the cans came from the same factories. They would just put a different label on the outside of the can, and people thought that they were buying a name brand, different name brands, or the generic, and it was all the same food, just a different label. Well, we try to, we're good at changing labels in life, but we're not necessarily always good at changing the content. We got to work on the inside. The content is the consciousness. The content is the character. The content is the integrity. Work on that. So you realize you don't have to compete with anybody about anything. Realize who you are, that your content is unique. Your soul is unique. And because it is unique, nobody can do you. Even if they try to put a label on, it looks like you. And if you feel as though you're competing for something, realize you never are. That doesn't mean that they're not dynamics in life or if you're working in sports or sales and things of that nature that doesn't have goals. Everybody should have goals. And sometimes with sports dynamics, can only be one champion. But you can always do your best. And that matters. Fifteenth and last point. See God first. Now, you would say this is the first point. So, really, she's tying everything up with this point. She says, we don't have to do a lot of talking about this key. Above everything and everybody, seek God first. Mm. See, that's it. Above everything and everybody, seek God first. She goes on to say, your father made everything and put you in charge. What are you doing with what the father has given you? Say to yourself, I am a rich child of a loving father, so I prosper. 
I'll repeat that. I'm a rich child of a loving father, so I prosper. Whatever it is that you need, go to God, she says. If you need money, substance, go to God. If you need peace of mind, go to God. If you need friends, go to God. If you need a healing, go to God. There's only one thing, and every other thing is expressed out of it. That one thing is God. God is everything we need, and God has everything we need. God is our everything. So it's important that you go over these steps that you realize that I would suggest you go back, re-listen to them later, listen to the download. If you have the book, make sure you you um, reread the points and work with them and see how you can practically apply them in your own life. The main thing is study, reflection, contemplation, application. Therefore, uh, make sure you get the book, um, we communicated with the Universal Foundation for Better Living out of Miami, that, so they're going to uh, uh, print some more books out. We found that out that it, the books had sold out, so they'll be printing some more up. You can get them from the Christ Universal Temple Bookstore or from the Universal Foundation for Better Living out of Miami. Uh, their website is uh, www.ufbl.org. Both organizations created by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, along with the Johnny Coleman Institute, which starts classes Monday, uh, the 24th, uh, for those who want to know. Also, I'm teaching a Bible class in the Johnny Coleman Institute on Tuesday mornings at uh, 1015. Anyway, I want to make sure that as we wrap and close this up that you really get and understand that the reason why I'm teaching this is because her demonstration she was able to demonstrate and has been able to demonstrate in her life that these principles work and i think it's always good to go find out the the find information from people who've actually done it who've actually succeeded who've actually proved it and she's one of the people i know personally who has succeeded well beyond what we call uh success and it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that as a book title says it works if you work it now, next week, we're going to wrap up um, teaching um, the book, and I'll be talking about some of the things she teaches about healing because her ministry actually began with a healing of a six-month diagnosis to live. You know, So it's very important that we cover that because that's the beginning of her story. Also, don't forget, please check out Christ Universal Temple when you're in the area. Go to our website, www.cutemple.org. Watch Reverend Wells, our senior minister, um, and on the live stream, if you have Facebook, go to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like the page, share with your other friends, let people know what we're doing. I would greatly appreciate it, and we'll make sure that we continue to give you good quality programs so you can help transform your life because truth transforms. I'll be with you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. 
Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.